right, what's going on, man? Welcome back to the channel. I'm Ron, and today we got my part two of breakout tight ends. I did a video a few weeks back on uh, three tight ends that I like in the later round. There's not even a point in, in doing your draft if you're going to take a tight ends early like that, or in the middle rounds like that. If you take if you take your tight ends in the middle rounds of redraft leagues, go down below and unsubscribe. We don't want you here. Today we got three more, and these are all guys that like past round 10. I'm not taking anybody before that unless if it's Kelsey or Kittle. I need a lot of different options to have there past the, the 10th round because there's going to be a lot of variation between drafts, but there's plenty of dope uh, targets this year that are going to be next year's Darren Waller or Tyler Higbee, the guys you're drafting late that are going to come up big for you at the end of the season. So I'm going to have content pumping out between now and week one of the NFL draft, so make sure you go down below, subscribe, leave a like, comment. Uh, let me know if there's any tight ends I missed out on in this video, man. But uh, let's go. All right, first up, we got Noah Fant. He's going off the board at the 10-11 as a tight end 14. And in any redraft league where I can't get Kelsey or Kittle, I'm not leaving a draft without Hawkinson, Gasecki, or Fant. I mentioned uh, Hawkinson and Gasecki in the last video, but Fan is that, that next premier tight end that I'm looking for in the early of the double-digit rounds, uh, the 10 to 12 range. Those are the three, and then I mentioned Herndon in the last one. The next two are going to be those those late guys that I that I look for to, to pair with a Gasecki, Fan, or Hawkinson. I was gassing the fuck out of Hawkinson in the last video, but Noah Fan was his teammate in college. They both went to uh, Iowa. They're both Hawkeyes, and Noah Fan had a crazy rookie season, man. He... He is one of only five tight ends since 2014 to finish with 500 receiving yards as a rookie. That's a league company he's in when you when you figure out that it's Chris Herndon, George Kittle, Evan Ingram, and Mark Andrews who are on that same list. So Noah Fan, after he, he's not he's no joke, man. He he's the real fucking deal. He's the real deal for uh, from a prospect uh, standpoint, from dynasty, from what he's going to be in the future, even in year two, which is what I'm going to go over in this video. Now, that's a league company, like I said, and he, but he finishes a tight end 19 in points per game last year uh, among tight ends with 10 or more games played. Tight end 19, you're not going to be winning any fantasy uh, seasons with tight end 19, but he was a tight end 14 in his last eight games, and he finishes a top 12 tight end twice, and he finished as the tight end number two overall in both of those weeks. So, he outperformed uh, Kittle or Kelsey or both of them at the same time, man. He was that boy. He he was at the top providing high-end boom weeks. And I think that's what we're going to see in this season. He he has massive upside, uh, but it's just a matter of consistency and him growing in year two. But this massive upside is because of his uh, his player profile. He was He's 6'4", 249, and he's best comparable to George Kittle. He checks every box, man. He, he, was, uh, he had 88th percentile college dominator rating. He was in the 89th percentile for yards per reception, and he has an early breakout age. On top of that, man, you want to talk about some fucking bars, man? He is an insane athlete. He he looks like a prototypical tight end field stretcher. That's why he's best comparable to George Kittle. He has a 97th percentile or above in every workout metrics. He ran a 4.5, and he, his most important stat is that he has a 97th percentile speed score. Now, I went back, I looked at the top five tight ends in ADP. So that's Kelsey, Kittle, Andrews, Ertz, and Waller. The average speed score among all five of them is 80, in the 85th percentile. So Noah Fan knocks it out of the park. And J.J. Zacharyson mentioned that athleticism and draft capital are huge for tight ends in a recent podcast. And Noah Fan has first-round draft capital and 97th percentile speed score. And it shows on the field, man. Noah Fan was tied for second among all receivers. So this is tight ends and wide receivers to yards of the catch per reception. 
He was only behind AJ fucking Brown in that stat. Only AJ AJ Brown was the only guy that was taking a catch and running farther after the catch than Noah Fant in 2019. Let that sink in. A tight end farther than any of the wide receivers out there right now, man. So he he's providing elite elite yards after the catch and so much so that 53% of Noah Fant's 562 receiving yards came after the catch. Now this this explains his number 17 A dot and his number 2 yards per reception. It's because he's getting he's getting these passes before the first down marker and he's breaking them big and that's that's huge because we don't know what Drew Locke looks like on the field yet. And it's great that he doesn't have to throw it 15 plus yards to get it to Noah Fan. He's not just a one-dimensional field stretcher. He's taking these he's taking these routes across the middle uh, into the flat and he's going he's going off with them. So having that type of efficiency and that type of upside as a player, it makes him less team dependent as a whole. And he can produce on limited touches, like I said. He's a special talent. Uh, and I know they just brought in all these rookies. I know they brought in Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Albert O. Um, but I'm not buying into this uh, this Albert O. Shower narrative with Drew Locke. Uh, I don't care how many times they've seen each other's dicks. It's not it's not doing anything for me. No offense, he's the boy, he's the alpha, and I don't, I don't think that Drew Locke is gonna be like, oh yeah, this tight end uh, that I threw to three years ago is now uh, my number one tight end, and no offense, nothing. No, Albert O. We we know tight ends take a long time to uh, to break out, and Albert O is a super raw tight end. That's that's just all physicality. No offense, probably got him beat there. Or not beat, but they they have similar uh, athleticism. So, Albert O doesn't offer anything that Noah Fant doesn't already. I'm not scared of that. And I think the talent added is actually a good thing for Noah Fant. It takes pressure off of him, and it, it makes the offense more efficient, more likely to score touchdowns, more likely to gain yards, and help this second-year quarterback, Drew Locke. So, we're shooting for upside with this pick, and Fant is, is one of the only guys past the 10th round, I think, that has top five. Uh, George Kittle, Mark Andrews type breakout potential in year two. Just readjusted the camera a little bit. That's why you pushed a little bit farther back. But next up, we got Jonu Smith. Now, in every draft, um, I'm getting Hawkinson, Fan, or Gusecki, like I said. And if I can't double up one of those three, then the next tier I'm moving on to is Jonu Smith, the, the same tier as Chris Herndon in the last video. So last year, down the stretch, Jonu Smith was a legit league winner. In weeks 14, 15, and 16, he was the tight end seven, and he posted three straight top 12 performances. He was deadass winning people money in their leagues man but here's the problem if he's if he's a tight end seven down the stretch what happened the rest of the season why is he not a top uh top 12 tight end right now and it's because the first six games he had delaney walker next to him johnny smith was a tight end 43 in those games with delaney walker and only averaged about a 60 percent snap share after that stretch though from week seven and beyond Johnny Smith was the tight end 14 and he hovered around an 80 to 90 percent snap share so tight end 14 feels like the floor and Johnny Smith is just starting, man. He, that was year three. It looks super promising, and he fits that mold of a breakout tight end that I was mentioning before. He has a third-round draft capital, not as crazy as Noah Fan, but an 84th percentile speed score, and he has rapport in, in year two with Ryan Tannehill this year. Now, when you look at that passing game and how the targets break down, you got you, basically the man of the fucking house is A.J. Brown. As soon as he stepped foot through the doors, he was the alpha in that offense, and Corey Davis kind of like the the bum stepped out of the situation he uh aj brown comes in there completely stuns him because because the whole question was was oh uh cory davis is fine it's his quarterback's fault well no aj brown comes in there proves all that is bullshit and cory davis looks like looks like a bust now it's not looking good for cory davis but then but you have the the clear one with aj brown then cory davis and then after that it's not really anybody else and it's johnny but the problem is is that the titans don't pass the ball a lot for a third passing option to be that relevant they were bottom three in pass-to-run ratio, and they were 31st in pass attempts uh, in 2019. So these are these are legit concerns, but 
you look at Johnny Smith's price in the 12th round, and you you see that you you see that you visualize the upside that I'm showing you guys. It's it's a it's a great deal at that spot, and he's he's like Noah Fant in the way that he's insane after the catch. He was fourth in yards per reception or yards after the catch per reception after only AJ Brown, Noah Fant, and Debo Samuel. So just just like Noah Fant, he went crazy after the catch. He averaged 8.5 yards uh, after the catch per reception. So he had over 50% of his receiving yards came after the catch. And he, he proved that he was efficient, too. He was number two in yards per target, number two in target separation, number six in QB, tar QB rating when targeted, and number three in fantasy points per target. He has insane upside. He, he can be efficient on a low amount of targets in that offense. He can take him the distance. He has that, that long speed. I, I love him as a late-round late target because he can really ascend this year. All right, last up, we got Blake Jarwin. He's gone off the board at the 1509 as a tight end 21. And... Blake Jarwin's not really one of those like sexy, nice Blake, uh, one of those nice tight ends, one of those guys who are appealing. A lot of people don't even know who Blake Jarwin is. He's probably going to be there at the last round of your home leagues and redraft leagues, and it was because he was on the bench for most of the time because Jason Witten was there. Blake Jarwin's highest snap share was only fifty-seven point four percent, and like I said, it was mainly Jason Witten. But look, Jason Witten, he packed up shop, him and his fucking hairpiece into the suitcase, and he's gone to Las Vegas. Who knows why he'd make that that move? Uh, they already got Darren Waller. The whole the whole thing doesn't even make fucking sense. But look, Blake Jarwin. Now he's he's in that 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 spot. He's in that chair of the tight end one. He was he was super efficient last year. He was top ten or better in yards per target, yards per route run, and QB rating when passed to. And he's not the same separator as Jonu Smith or Noah Fant. And that's because he's only uh he only has a sixty first percentile speed score. That's not a death sentence because Zach Ertz only has a 57 percentile speed score. So there are tight ends at the high end that aren't as athletic as Noah Fant, Jonu Smith, or any of the other guys I mentioned. Uh, what makes up for his lack of athleticism is that it's a situation. Because the other guys we have, what do we have? The Broncos, the Titans, the, the Jets, the, the Dolphins, the Lions. These are, all, these are all pretty shitty teams when it comes to, to overall offensive efficiency, offensive DVOA. But Jarwin is on probably the best situation out of all these guys. He's on a top five scoring offense in Dallas. Now they got CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Gallup, and then they got Zeke in the backfield, Dak Prescott. They don't have fucking Jason Garrett uh, run, run, passing every every uh, every possession. You got Kellen Moore taking a command of the offense. I love the Dallas Cowboys offense to be a top five scoring offense in 2020, man. And Jarwin's going to be a huge beneficiary of this because... They have the second most vacated targets because Randall Cobb and Jason Wynn, they pieced. So now they got plenty of targets to go around. CeeDee Lamb's going to probably get 70 to 80 of them. And you're going to see some go to Gallup. He was hurt last year. And whichever, whichever way you divvy up the targets, Jarwin had 41 last year. Witten saw 83. I, I think that it's very reasonable to think that Jarwin sees a, sees a 25 to 35 uptick in targets. He should be somewhere in the 70 to, to 90 targets range. And that's, that's all you need in this high-powered offense. He's going to find himself in situations where Amari Cooper is getting doubled and Michael Gallup is getting getting coverage uh, down the middle of the field. The defenses, when they when they go into their film room and they're and they're looking at at film, writing up uh, whatever their defensive plans, nowhere at any point is is some DB going, oh, Blake Jarwin. That's definitely a guy we have to fucking care about. There's no way. Uh, it's all the attention is going everywhere but Blake Jarwin. He's he's the worst skill position player on that team, and that's going to free him up in the middle of the field in the end zone. Uh, on play action plays when they all they all come into Zeke and then they they scramble to Amari Cooper or Ceedee Lamb, Jarwin is going to get open and he's there. He's a great red zone option. He's he's great at the sticks. He's going to get plenty of opportunities in this in this sick offense, man. All right, man. If you made it this far, I appreciate it. 
Go down below, subscribe, leave a comment. Let me know if uh, these six tight ends I went over in this video and last video, if you got any other late round tight ends you like. Uh, I know I know for me, uh, Ian Thomas is another guy that's like an honorable mention for this list. And I'm always talking about guys like Ian Thomas or, or guys that didn't quite make the cut over on my Twitter. Go check that out, at Ron Stewart underscore. And as always, man, I'll see you in the next one.